This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, thank you. Thank you for the applause, but that's what 38 and 22 will do for you when you're picking these games across the globe. That's right. And if you look in the sponsor opportunity green room, you'll see WWE Hall of Famer, turned rugby advocate John Bradshaw Layfield and his pal, King Gift Dave Bailu, the inventor of words, prepping to bring you more great picks. Look at them working hard. And if you look at the Your Company name here, Slate, you'll see that we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, including bringing in George Hook. So let's bring in John and Gift. Gentlemen, we were 38 and 22 last week. Take a bow. Oh, wait, you don't take bows, right, guys? We keep it high and above. But hey, man, if you want to take it to the floor, bring it down low, man. Did Josh Gibson ever flip a bat? No, because <laughs> it's a normal course of procedure for him to go yard. Okay, you're wearing a Texas Preach Rangers it. jersey because you're a bandwagon fan. My grandfather, who was blind before he died, used to listen to Ranger games on the radio, and I would go listen to him. That's hardly a bandwagon, bozo. It's all a fake <laughs> fake story contrived by the WWE entertainment guy, ladies and gentlemen. All I want to get you to do is root for the opposing team because I guarantee we win that way. Your Texas Rangers won once, and all, you're Bam! also – World champions. We beat two teams and the former world champion Houston Astros. We're going to talk some rugby. You're the one that brought up the Texas Rangers because we don't flip bats. You ever John's mic has been muted. This is record time even for him. And it's hard to say that somebody gets the wooden spoon when you're collectively 38 and 22. You and I were 13 and 7. John was 12 and 8. And we're not going to management is not going to actually give John the wooden spoon for his record because his no, record was I'll good. I'll stick it in your ear is what I'll do. I'll stick it in your potato head ear. But for being such a cancer in the clubhouse. For being such a cancer in the clubhouse in which we have to keep shutting his microphone off, John does indeed get the wooden spoon this week. That being said, management does recognize, John, you listened to one of your co-panel members right here on this very show after realizing that you made a mistake in picking Gloucester, picked Bath. And no gift, it wasn't you that no saved you from taking a bath. How about pin a tail on a donkey and stick a tail right in the middle of your face? Anywho, we're moving on now because we do have George Hook waiting patiently for us. I think management might be compromised, though. Yep. To the <laughs> next order of business, the walk of shame. Corruption. Corruption. Gift, who do you think's in the walk of shame this week? I don't know. Whatever the decision is, I know it's been corrupted NCAA style, okay? Bam. That's all I'm. That's all I know. Bam. That's all I know. This show <laughs> is worse than Michigan. <laughs> it's a reference lost on some of our overseas fans but we are all in the walk of shame this week because we were all so shamefully good thank you gentlemen for making people money we don't spike the football that was just a thank you're like, you like oh we're on the walk of shame because we're all so shamefully good look at us look at us look at us we don't need a spotlight on us on that note let's bring in mr george hook george great to have you with us yeah george hook yeah 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 <laughs> well, John, your beloved Bermuda Classic went off without a hitch last week. 
Yeah, I'm mean, very excited about it. Uh, they love the Bermuda Classic. It's been there for over 20 years. You've seen it many times. It's just a wonderful event for all of Bermuda. I I must have missed my invite. No, no, no. We would have invited you, but we were scared you might accept. <laughs> we Speaking can't take that risk. Let's get on with the program. George, anything catch your eye or you learned this weekend in rugby? We we saw a dreadful red card, for instance, in the Leinster Dragons match by one of the Welsh players. I don't agree with trying to solve the danger of the game by handing out red cards. But, I mean, the players do have some responsibility. You know, they can't be complete thunderheads. I agree. The, the cards being issued were crazy. Nonsense. John. George, I have a question. Uh, look, I watched Leinster play this, this weekend, and they played, uh, I thought, pretty bad. They dropped the ball a lot. They had a lot of mistakes. They still just destroyed their opponents without a lot of their best players. The question is, is Leinster more a, a, a product of their program or of their specific coaches, your head coach specifically. The reason I ask that is because Fabio Rosselli takes over at Zebra and turns that program around. When it's the first game in a couple of years, they, they look, they're just a different team right now. Who is the best coaches in the URC and is Leinster more a product of their coaches or their overall system? I don't think there is another country on earth and I would include New Zealand that has as good a development program as Ireland and therefore Leinster. Um, first, like our schoolboy, and forgive me genderizing it just for the moment, our, our schoolboy game for over 100 years has been extraordinary. Like well, the cup final of the two best schools in Leinster on St. Patrick's Day pretty well fills Lansdowne Road. I mean, that's extraordinary for a school's game. I know in Texas you go bananas at some football game, but but there's no other country really producing that support. Now, that system then feeds into what they call Leinster Academy. So these kids now all arrive to Leinster at 18. Um, they get paid some money. They have really good coaching. And then they go into the Leinster system, which is on, on a pyramid, an upward trajectory towards the eventual Leinster team. So then you have the same thing happening in Ulster, Munster and Connacht. So when 20 odd years ago, the game went professional, the country that got it 100% right was Ireland. The country with the smallest population of rugby players of the major countries. And it's a testament to the system. Now, the coaching thing, I don't give the coaching thing as much credit that there's some sort of magic guy arrives in. Like, it's far better than, than what's-his-face who went back to New Zealand uh, Schmidt, of course he is. So does does a coach have an effect? Absolutely. But as somebody who coached a lot of bad teams in my time, like the U.S. Eagles, like <laughs> the thing is, it doesn't matter how good I am, the U.S. Eagles were never going to win the World Cup in 1987. Didn't matter how good I was. So their failures have are basically traced back to you. It's all your fault that we haven't won any <laughs> there, of these matches. There is, a, there is a certain amount of belief that that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> George, George, what do you make of Italy and, and Zebra and uh, Rosselli there? Is, is, 
the guy just seems to have turned the program around from nothing. Okay. All right. Now that you've derailed the program in two different directions that we weren't going, John. Wait a minute. You're not you supposed to ask a question here. You weren't supposed to ask It's the George. greatest show ever, Matt. Just shut up and let George talk. You weren't supposed to ask a question. You ask, And instead you ask two. Gift, observation, something from the weekend. Yo, I'm not gonna lie. I have zero observations. This was a quiet week. Uh, no, nothing script wise. Nothing really great to be able to watch. In my opinion, I seed my vote. I mean, this is a very bad week. There was very <laughs> little going on. To be fair, even rugby nuts like me were glued to our televisions. I mean, uh-huh. you you know, watching Leinster third fifteen play the Dragons. I mean, come on. Yeah, it was pretty tough to watch. All right, so there was one thing that caught my eye, and it was, again, it was this refreshingly pure, organic joy that you saw from all levels of the Zebra Parma organization, from the kit guy to the office workers. Tears were in abundance. I just thought that was great. And watching an organization, as John pointed out, turning that corner potentially from an, uh, from an also-ran or a doormat, it was a great thing for rugby in Italy, but also for the URC. All right, let's take a quick break think, now. Think about think about what you've done. That was the dumbest segment ever. You have <laughs> Mr. George Hook on here, and you asked two Southern Americans. Okay, his, his mic has been muted, and we're going to go to commercial <laughs> break and come back, and hopefully John will learn his lesson right yeah. after this. Okay. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we're back, and John has learned his lesson apparently for the time being until he starts talking again. But we have now questions for George. Gift, why don't you lead us off? Yeah. So, George, you know, as we've now come to the end of the Rugby World Cup, we talked about this is just already a slow period. Is there a storyline? And I say storyline in the sense of something that's now going to happen with any of these teams that strikes you that you are looking to find out, learn about, or that at least stands out to you that will take place over the course of this next year? Having a country like Wales in the disarray that it is here, that you have, I think this morning, there are two Welsh teams to hold it up. The, the, the URC uh, is awful. Then you look at England, and in England's case, it is clubs that have gone bankrupt, three of them now, household names that have been around for a century. So you cannot have a national team without a club structure. America's lucky in football, NFL, I mean, it doesn't have to worry about the national team. So the Bears or the Cubs or whatever the heck they're called, they they don't have to worry. They just have to worry about themselves. It's different. Rugby union is on a pyramid system. So if the clubs are in disarray, almost by definition, the national team is in disarray. So we're going to see February is going to be really interesting because you're going to look at 
Island of France, can they continue where they're at as two best teams? Then, do England and Wales get worse? Or what happens to them? And it depends on the club structure. And then John's ecstasy and tears of joy about a resurgence of Italian rugby, you're going to find out very soon, was it a one-off? And and it doesn't necessarily translate because remember Zebra foreign players, so it doesn't necessarily translate. So I'd be watching the Six Nations while watching it from a match point of view. I'd, I'd be mentally sort of cogitating on where the whole game is going in Europe. Yeah, well, John sees a lot of vowels and he mistakes he mistakes players for Italians, as he said last week. McCarthy, you're awful. You just need to be quiet. So, George, yes, I have a lot. I have a lot for George. I have all kinds of questions. I'm a huge rugby fan. I've got a rugby legend here that knows how to. It knows everything. George, you've played and coached at the highest levels. We talked a lot about managers that did not work. What is your favorite manager, coach in the world today? All right, there's only one thing wrong with your suggestion there. Um, New Zealand believe that the worst players make the best coaches. I was very good coach um my playing I, I had only one weakness i could do everything i could catch kick pass i was a goal kicker believe it or not uh unfortunately i was a coward and and that was quite a problem for me in my playing career my lack of intestinal fortitude held me back all right now there is no doubt who the man is the man is from my school and from my city. Roland O'Gara uh, at La Rochelle is without a doubt um, the outstanding coach, probably in the world game, but there's no question he's the outstanding coach in the European game. And the thing about O'Gara at the moment is he could probably write his own check to go anywhere. Now, he's smart enough not to go to Ireland. I mean, the one place you don't go if you want to progress your career is Ireland. We're pretty good at eating our young. I'm so sorry McCarthy survived. <laughs> <laughs> All right, George. But he's from Bayonne, New Jersey, so he's not even Irish. <laughs> George, let's keep it in the Irish realm here. I got a question for you. We know it's early days in the URC competition, but Six Nations is looming. Come Six Nations, who do you think will be the number one fly half for Ireland? The problem when you have a great player, and it applies to all sports. I mean, when I, I presume when they were thinking about, Babe Ruth was thinking about hanging up his, his, his bat, they were going to say, who's going to replace Babe Ruth? Because they weren't working on replacing him while he was there. Now, it's precisely the same. We had Johnny Sexton. He's there. So we're not thinking too much about replacing him. And then suddenly the day dawns, and it's now here, who it is. Now, there's a good kid at Leinster called Harry Byrne. In fact, he and his brother, both fly abs, both at Leinster. Harry, a superb place kicker, I think the best place kicker in the country, uh, hasn't got enough exposure. And then there's the guy they brought to the World Cup, uh, Jack Crowley. Now, the problem is we haven't seen enough of them. And to be fair to those kids, they haven't played enough. And, and like what will really tell us, and, and Farrell will go for one of the two of them. It's going to be one of the two of them. 
Um, I hope he goes for them and sticks with whoever he sticks with. And I think he will. That's his style. I think it'll be Crowley. Going back to France, you mentioned Ronan O'Gara coaching La Rochelle. Who would be your number one pick if you were starting an all-star team for the top 14? See, whether we like it or not, like, if you were picking an, an all-star team in America in the NFL, I bet you the guy you pick would be a quarterback. Guaranteed, I would think. Same in rugby. Your first pick would be the number 10. Um, and there are two of them. Uh, one, of course, is Intimac, uh, who we missed in the Rugby World Cup. But then it was almost as if we didn't miss him because Jalabert was so good. So it's a toss-up between Intimac and Jalabert. And the, the great thing about the way the French play the game is it encourages fly halves. I mean, if I was like a kid and I was a fly half, I'd love to grow up in France rather than grow up in England where I'd be told kick the ball all the time. The French would encourage you to run and pass with the ball. And that's why they 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 produce such tremendously exciting players. So it's a toss-up between Intermac and Jalabert. So you know DuPont in that in conversation? Well, DuPont had scrum half, yeah, but you asked me who I'd pick first. Fair enough. The gift? Yeah, I. you know, one last thing. Actually, two things I wanted to ask. Number one, for you, when it comes to the premiership, who do you feel actually is the best field general within the premiership right now? Field general automatically assumes you're talking about the fly half. You may not necessarily be, but the assumption is that the field general is the number 10. Now, uh, I think Ford is the best fly half in England. I, I, a lot of fly halves in the World Cup try drop goals, but like he did it three times and it nailed every one of them. You know, it's a tremendous achievement. This is the follow-up I wanted. So if you wanted to, as you're starting with your kid and you're starting in youth, what do you feel would be necessary to create a proper pathway for your own kid to become a top-level fly half? What would you feel is the skills necessary to teach them so that they can have that proper pathway? Well, uh, God rest him, he's not with us anymore. But the best captain I ever worked on was a guy called Sean Cook at St. Mary's College, the club. And Cookie said to me, because he was a, a three-handicap golfer into the bargain, and Cookie said to me, he said, George, length is to golf what pace is to rugby. Mm. So if you're looking at a kid and he wants to be a flyer, he first must have pace. If he doesn't have pace, doesn't matter what else he has, he must first have pace. So you look for pace. It's the only thing you can't make. It's like Jesse Owens had it and you can't, and he had, and that's it. Or Carl, Carl what's his name, had it. Um, you, Lewis. Lewis, you know, you can't run with it. But you get a fellow to run 5,000 meters or 26 miles, 385 yards. You can get a guy to do that. I'd like to see John run 5,000 meters over a short pier. On that note, uh, we want to thank you, George, for coming on once again, hey, grace, gracing our program with your class and your knowledge. Thank you. Always appreciate it. All right, George Hug. Yeah. I am learning yeah. right now. All right, we'll be right back 
with our picks for the upcoming weekend after this. You need your cleats? You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. Great having George back on, gentlemen. And but we got to tidy this up. We got to get out All of right, here. George, huh? thank you, George. Thank you, George. Shame, man, on that question, man. Like you could have been better. You could have been a lot better. I mean, a lot better. You have a lot of room for improvement. I, I mean, do. I, anything you could do will be an improvement. I'm sorry, guys. I, I will try to do better. I promise. But you know what? Let's let's work that way right now. We're going to work toward doing better right now because we have to improve on a 38 and 22 record from last week. We and to do that, we're going to make some great picks right now. Let's start with the URC. Can either of you tell me the only URC, the United Rugby Championship team, to not have a loss right now? Raise your hand if you know the answer. Oh, you're so stupid, the both of you. Stormers. John, it's somebody that you brought up to me off camera today. Linster. Benetton. Oh, yeah, Benetton. A phenomenal game they played at home against the Stormers. Stormers do not play well outside of South Africa. Amazing game. A little bit of rain, a little bit of weather. That's part of home field advantage. Benetton, Benetton is the real deal, by the way. Two teams from Italy won this week. Why do I have stupid balloons? That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever John's partying, and he's got a party for Benetton right now. They do have a draw, so it's not like they've played all their games and won all their games. They have that Two one Two Italy teams won this week. Acknowledge Zebra. Pigs are flying when two of those Italian teams in the URC win. It doesn't happen. It happened. And they got off that schneid. Who do you like in the URC, John? I like a lot of teams, but uh, last week, uh, Lester Danchi and uh, captain for the first time, they, but they had a third best team out there against the Dragons. The Dragons are just not good. They play with some heart, but they're just not very good. Ospreys are not very good either, but they're better than the Dragons. I'm going to take Ospreys to win over the Dragons. In the Welsh Derby gift. I'm looking at Sharks Con again. The Sharks have been living on the road, absolutely just getting worked. Four games, five games straight, bottom of the bunch, but they finally get to be in front of their home crowd, and that's significant. I'm looking at Connick, even though they're at seven and a half, looking at Connick to go down south, struggle for Sharks to finally get their first win in front of their home crowd after such a long and really sucky uh, starting schedule to the season. That was a good pick, Gift. Uh, you know, Connacht is going down there, but it's a 55,000-seat stadium that they're playing in. I mean, you know, is that home field advantage might be lost if they only get like five. You ever see the movie 000. Hoosiers where Gene Hackman, the coach, says, hey, would you measure the goal? Funny, it's the exact same measurement as the one back home. It's the same dang field. I don't care what you put around it. The Roman Coliseum or Okay, so now he's gotten muted in, in two of the three segments so far today. Congratulations, John Bradshaw Layfield, for steering this, this ship in a different direction once again. Free the champ, man. Dropping dimes and it, dropping jewels, and you're just trying to take away his treasure. <laughs> and now Gift has joined him with his mic turned off. I'm going to go with Leinster to annihilate Scarlets or the Scarlets. We'll be right back.
after this. From New York City comes America's longest-running and most popular rugby show. The biggest names in Major League Rugby, MLR highlights, and big match previews. Rugby Wrap-Up presents MLR Weekly, made in New York City. All right, now you're back in. Your mics the are show working. is so boring when Gift and I are not in it. It's, it's terrible. I almost fell asleep. I mean, it's like taking a Soma or something. If you act with some decorum and like a professional or professionals, then maybe you don't have to get sent to the sin bin with the mics turned off. Your head looks like a thought bubble. And you're that- telling us about being professionals? <laughs> the Premiership. Who do you like in the Premiership, John? Very simple. Saracens last week go in and they had uh, Theo Bale and Ben Earl playing from the internationals. They didn't have the top three and they still boat race them boys. Saracens is loaded. They're gunning for bear and they're going to get it this week in the Derby. I'm going Saracens all day. Uh, That's a pretty safe pick. Gift? Oh, look. Hey, you know one thing that you can got to combine? A good showering and a bear. And you know that water is always going to be the winner on this one. And that's what I'm looking like when I'm seeing Bristol versus Bath as they're about to go enter into that watering hole and get drowned. Bath is about to go continue their streak. Bristol, as I expected last week, are disappointing. Bath is about to wash themselves all over these bears and make sure that they don't come up again. The bear's going to drown. Bear's going to drown. Bear's going to drown. <laughs> so these... Odds are early in the week. So we change as we go along, like John did last week when he he picked Gloucester, but then he changed it to Bath when he saw the lineups. But also, I'm looking at some of these lines, and they look a little high. Leicester getting six and a half right now from Northampton. Leicester is in a must-win game. I like Leicester at that point spread right now versus Northampton. The top 14. Let's change it up so we're not boring. Gift, why don't you start us off? Rossi 92 taking out Stade Francais this weekend. Casillo Khaleesi is about to show the damage with a, of a flanker with true power, good sir. Arguably one of the most overrated flankers in the history of rugby. Bam! This is a man who, minutes a who game. feels like the British and Irish Lions are still relevant in this day, even though almost everybody else knows they're not. John, Bam! who do you like? Montpellier. Take it on Parapion. I'm taking Montpellier. How about that? You got something negative to say about that, you troll? Montpellier on the road versus Perpignan. I like that pick. I don't care what you like. (laughs) I'm making my pick. I'm going with Toulouse on the road because they can't afford Toulouse against Castra. Picks of the week. John. Something going on in Italy. It's called rugby. How about Zebre to win their second game? Against Cardiff. Interesting gift. Yo, look, Scott Lawrence is trying to bring that USA men's rugby team. We already slightly hurt my Brazil people. You know, I got to give a lot of love. But but that being said, we're about to show the damage on Spain. We owe that continent a win, and I'm expecting USA to be able to get the eked out win against the Spain team, Brazil over Canada as well. Let's go. Have you licked your wounds as a Brazilian after we kicked your ass last week? As a person who gets to play duel on both of them, I both am happy and elated and also saddened. But you know what? This is what happens whenever you're big dogs on both continents, all right? You get the best of both worlds. 
That's a true statesman right there, King Ebalu. And my pick of the week is Saracens. Yes. Bandwagon Hopper. I just chose that last segment. Saracens for my pick of the week. Book it. On that note, we're out of time. I want to thank WWE Hall of Famer John Bradshaw Layfield, his pal King Gift A. Bailu, the inventor of words, and George Hook, the Irish rugby legend. And thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including MLR Weekly, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Tell your friends about us. Join our weekly newsletter. And please sign up for our American Red Cross Blood donor team. I wish you'd give all your blood.